what helps me get through all of that is that um, I'm easy with myself. So like not everything's going to be perfect. I'm, I'm choosing to do a lot with my life. And, you know, months ago, years ago, I would be so fixated on making sure every little thing was perfect, almost in maybe an OCD way. Like if I'm playing Tetris with my schedule, every piece of that puzzle needs to be perfect rather than like, you know what? Like I'm choosing to live this full, crazy, chaotic life. And I'm going to try to have fun with it and be easy on myself. And if I run a training and it didn't go as well as I thought, like, oh, what can I learn from that? And, um, and then just keep it moving because the ball will keep rolling. And if you get fixated, then you'll, things will add up over. If you have a crazy schedule with each thing, it adds up. And then by the end of the day, you're like depleted rather than full. Welcome to Black Belt Beauty Radio, a podcast fueled by a passion to support your journey in developing your most beautiful and optimal performance in life. Each episode is driven with the intention to elevate your mind. When we elevate our mind, we elevate our life. So get ready. It's time to rise. What's up, people? Welcome back to Black Belt Beauty Radio. I've got another badass woman to drop on you in this podcast episode. I am so excited to share this conversation with my friend, Allison Burke. So Allison is a true high performer in life, you guys. She is a professional dancer. She started dancing at the age of two, who performs full-time as an ensemble dancer and artist coach for Cirque du Soleil's Beatles Love Show my favorite. She's also a fitness model as well as Pilates and hit trainer for True Fusion Studios. It's a hot training studio in Las Vegas and it's my favorite. She's a badass instructor. FYI, if you ever drop into her classes, you will find out for yourself. Allison has been dancing and performing and competing for the majority of her life. She is a proud graduate of Chapman University with a bachelor's degree in dance and in advertising, which I thought was so rad. She traveled the world training and assisting and dancing with some of the most revered choreographers in dance and has earned several performance awards over the years for great reason. She is the ultimate representation of talent that gets backed all the way up by hard work driven by relentless passion. There's no quit in this growth-minded artist who is constantly discovering ways to expand herself into a greater expression of herself that touches all areas of her life, starting with the connection and love she holds for herself. I love that part, you guys, because you know how I feel about that. It's a it's pretty much the most powerful tool I think that we can offer ourselves when we are truly feeling that, you know, deep sense of connection to self and love. So the thing, you guys, I love this conversation so much, not only because it's a deep dive into this incredible and challenging journey that Allison relentlessly maneuvered through to become an artist for one of the world's most revered entertainment shows in Las Vegas, but it's a real conversation with a real woman who is authentically working through the process of self-discovery with an honest, curious, and open mind. It's deep. It's full of lots of laughter. And I just, it's so rich. I really, really believe that you are going to love Allison and be inspired by her mindset. I most definitely am. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Allison Burke. 
All right, girl, we're on. Hi. Hi, Allison. Hi, what's up, guys? I'm so excited to have you on. Oh, I'm so excited, Thank too. Thank you so much. Yeah. You have such a busy schedule, so for you to make time to do this, like in the midst of all of it, means a lot to me, so thank you. Well, I'm honored to be asked. Roxy is pretty much the coolest person I've ever met, so You're yeah, so new friends. Okay, so let's start this exciting curious conversation um can you please introduce yourself what you do i'm really excited to hear how you introduce yourself when people ask you who is allison and what does she do for audience so my name is allison burke i'm 26 so i guess i start with my age because you know that's how many uh years i've been on this earth um i'm a dancer i'm a fitness instructor and i'm constantly evolving as a person. So, um, the, these are my like titles. And then I like my third title would be someone who is so, uh, interested in bettering themselves every day. So whatever that, uh, would be like, you know, on my resume. <laughs> um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I'm a professional dancer with Beatles love, uh, Cirque du Soleil and I'm the artist coach there. So that's a really fun, um, job to have because I'm switching hats constantly. I'm coaching the artists, but I'm also on stage with them. So, uh, I've learned so much from a year of being the coach at the show as well as um, the four years there dancing. Um, and then I teach at True Fusion in Las Vegas. Uh, oh, it's so much classes. fun. Oh my gosh. It was an, it was so much fun to have you in that class the other day. Um, but uh, so yeah, I teach uh, hot Pilates and barefoot boot camp. Um, so that's with kettlebells and then a uh, hot bar, which is kind of, um, you know, the true fusion take on bar classes, the bar method. So ballet bar. I yeah. Love it. It's such a good vibe there and you kill it. As oh, an thank instructor. you. Um, and actually let's, let's just kind of tap into that for one second. Can you, before we go into your backstory, mm -hmm. can you kind of describe what your day to day schedule looks like? Because after that class the other day, right, I'm thinking in that class, super high energy, and I, and I know what time you are done with work because mm -hmm. our mutual girl, you know, I know what time she's done with work. And so I'm like, man, okay. She wrapped work at that time. Who knows what time she went to bed. She's giving it her 200 right now, full energy. And Cirque is no joke, mm -hmm. which you follow up with later that day. Yep. So... <laughs> what is oh my, my day? Tired. I know. Oh man. Well, okay. So I, maybe it's like non-conventional, but I actually wake up around five and I need to eat breakfast. It's my mind is always running and my metabolism must be as well. So it's something that works for me. I used to get really upset with myself for needing to like wake up early and eat. And, um, but it's almost like it sets me up. I can, I go back to sleep then after breakfast Amazing. for like three hours. Yeah. Um, so I'll make, you know, a nutritious, a whole meal and then I'll go back to sleep and then I'll wake up and I'll just have coffee. So I, I'm, I'm starting how my schedule works with like what I, uh, uh, have like nutrients in yeah. my body. So that's, um, something I think about first. Um, so then I wake up, have coffee around eight 30 or nine and, um, I'll just kind of slowly start the day. I like to start by stretching if I have time or if that's something that will mean something to me that morning. I just try to do in the first like hour of my day, um, like moving slowly into the chaos that's about to come. 
Um, so yeah, I'll have coffee, enjoy. I'll maybe, um, you know, listen to a podcast while I'm kind of slowly getting ready for the day. Uh, on any given day, I'm probably doing uh, a training session with my personal trainer, um, you know, in the 10 o'clock hour or something like that. Um, what is that? Is that always switching? I imagine it's always different. Is it like weights? Is it car- like, is it just, yeah. She, yeah. She, she actually does a mixture yeah. of all of those things. She'll okay. do, um, you know, heavy lifting squats or, um, high rep, low weight, uh, rowing or, you know, it's circuit training and she kind of switches it up, uh, every session, which is really cool. Cause I get, um, I get antsy to switch things up and, um, my body reacts well to, uh, switched up training like that. So I'll do a training session and then I'll probably go teach a class at True Fusion. Uh, so I'll be kind of, I just pack a like Mary Poppins bag for the day. At this point (laughs) I'm out, I am at this point, I'm out for the day. I've done a training session. Then I go train other people in class, which I love uh, giving my energy to. So, you know, five minutes before class, I'm kind of, uh, you know, reviewing notes about uh, movements that I would like to incorporate or focus on in class um, or build up to um, and kind of uh, editing a playlist so that like, you know, maybe a new song I'm, I'm really feeling. I've, I'm kind of, that's in the intro of the playlist for class, you know, so I'm just kind of, on the go, I'll always like take five to 10 minutes in my car and, and set like, okay, what's my next thing and how can I make it a little better, a little icing on the cake? So it's like, what's that new song? You know, we'll put it in there, or review my notes. Um, so then, then I will need to, after class, go to work and write the lineup for the show. So um, I am there early and I'm, since I'm the coach, I'm in charge of making sure that the dancers are um, taken care of their tracks are all laid out for the night and that's an early early call time uh so yeah and wow. then yeah and then it's showtime then it's showtime so then I'll run some trainings and then I'll have to do my makeup and then we've got two shows and then sometimes at the end of the night I'm going like how did how did that all just happen <laughs> but I'll do it again tomorrow ah <laughs> uh, there's a there's a meme I love her like it's a quote it's like um, some days she doesn't know how it'll get done, but every day it gets done. Totally. Like and it's, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like you impress yourself. You trip yourself out at the same time. You're like, what? Well, it's just how you roll. Yeah. And what, what helps me get through all of that is that, um, I'm easy with myself. So like not everything's going to be perfect. I'm, I'm choosing to do a lot with my life. And, you know, months ago, years ago, I would be so fixated on making sure every little thing was perfect, almost in maybe an OCD way. Like if I'm playing Tetris with my schedule, every piece of that puzzle needs to be perfect rather than like, you know what? Like I'm choosing to live this full, crazy, chaotic life and I'm going to try to have fun with it and be easy on myself. And if I run a training and it didn't go as well as I thought, like, oh, what can I learn from that? And, um, and then just keep it moving because the ball will keep rolling. And if you get fixated, then you'll, things will add up over. If you have a crazy schedule with each thing, it adds up. And then by the end of the day, you're like depleted rather than full. I love so That's so powerful. Thank you. Yeah. Well, and it's like this, you know, it's a growth mindset. It's, um, it's a, it's you're in a constant state of learning. I think that that's so important because when you kind of, when we take emotion out and we're not judging ourselves, you know, Mm -hmm. of like, Oh, that wasn't perfect. Or then we're able to exactly like you said, you know, we, we kind of, we review, we edit where we need to Mm -hmm. evaluate whatever. And then we execute, we apply from that new position, that new, you know, stance of information. Yeah. And that, you know, 
I think because you were most certainly a high performer. Your life, when you say like this crazy chaotic life, in my mind, I'm, I actually, which is all valid and true. And yeah, I yeah. Say that about my life too. Which mm-hmm. is, it's just fun. It's like fuck yeah, we're wild, and our life reflects that. Um, yeah. But ultimately, there is structure and it's organized and it's it's just like, you know, constant chase of excellence is mm-hmm. what you're really doing. Totally. So inspiring. So. Okay. I feel like everybody just went into fat burning mode just listening to you. <laughs> oh I did. Let me check my Fitbit right now. Oh my God. We are all in ketosis. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. That's funny. That's so funny. Can we go back a little bit just because um, dance has pretty much been dominating mm-hmm. your life, right? Like it's yeah. been so fun to research you and learn. You started dancing at the age of two can you talk about that like what a cute vision what a cute vision and also it's so funny i'm 26 and i'll be i've been dancing for 24 years and then yeah and then we do the math and go back to two and it's like well okay well how how profound were those dance moves at two and how did you know set me on this course but it's mainly that i i've been in constant motion since i was able to walk even before then like my i actually grew up at a young age i was in london um my family both my parents uh for work t- it took us to london so i was running around with this british accent really young so you grew up there for grew up there oh, until until about 8 and then we moved to dallas where i grew up for the rest cool. of my yeah and so um you know i did some kind of uh I was a prep prep school kid, you know, in, in, in London. And, um, and there was, you know, uh, little ballet classes and things like this, that my parents could just tell there was something in me that needed to get out. You know, I was just kind of itching to move and to express myself. So, you know, running around the, the coffee table and always falling because I was so passionately moving and, and lost, you know, um, in kind of this free way. Uh, I was always like in the hospital, <laughs> like for cuts and bruises and like, I cracked my head open um, a few times, like, yeah. and you know, that's, that's really like dark, but really it's just more of like a, a microcosm of a bigger thing about me. Like I'm just full out yeah. and I always have been. And so my parents put me in dance classes um, at a young age to structure this, this need to move. And so then I just kind of have been dancing since then. And, um, it's kind of been a, a slow progression. And I'd say like my, in my teen years, when it started to get more serious, cause it was, it's a little bit like, uh, can I cuss on this podcast? Hell fucking yeah. yeah it's like, it's like <laughs> shit or get off the pot. You know, when you're 15, it's like shit or get off the pot. Like, are you going to really go for this? Or is it more of just something fun that gets you through your school years? And then you'll go to college and study, you know, math or something. Yeah. It's, um, so I started to get really, really serious and I wasn't necessarily the best dancer in terms of natural facility. We call it facility like as dancers, but it's like people who are so naturally flexible, naturally gifted, uh, almost acrobatic in a way, like inherently. I didn't have much of that, like, but I had this piece of me that I can confidently say now, I used to be kind of in denial of it, but now it's like something that, really sets me apart is this drive, this heart that I approach 
like everything with and dance was no exception. It was like, I put my heart and soul and everything into it. And that would also read on stage. Cause it's one thing to do all that. And then you know it, but like, it doesn't read, but I was so grateful that it could, it could transcend and other people could feel it too. So that's what I believe has pushed me through to continue dancing now at 26 and, you know, through college and then now professionally is like, I'm still investigating that connection that I have um, to audience members, to friends, to family, like when they're watching how I can touch people and, and deliver a message that's inside of me through movement and emotion. So like, that's why I'm still doing it because it hurts a lot now, you know, I'm getting 26, 26, like my body, it hurts. It's taxing. And it's more of an investigation of how to stay well Mm. while doing this. Um, but that's what keeps me. That's always what like roots me back down is like to why I do it and why I've done it since I was two. I love that. I love dance. I've never been, I haven't been formally trained at all, but I have rhythm. It just is natural. And Uh I can say that super confidently. I don't know if it's like my heritage. I come from the land of fucking belly dancing or some shit. Yes. Like drums and beat. Like I just. Percussive. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I, and I have quite a few um, dancer friends actually. And I've just always been so impressed with just dancers and the way you guys can do what you do. And especially because I love dance. I love music watching a few of your videos while researching you, um, the gimme that video mm-hmm. and, uh, body language on your, on your website, mm-hmm. just to go back and, and you know, to where you were saying like how you want to touch people and yeah. like, you know, affect them through movement. That's exactly what I was feeling when oh. I'm watching these videos because there is, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know how to speak it necessarily in like maybe dance language, mm-hmm. but like it, you were very alluring and it's and it's this it's kind of like a I don't know, it's like this it's it's its own language. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like a force of nature that I'm like starting to lean into and go like, okay, it's just no coincidence anymore. I was just talking with my boyfriend the other day about how I'm starting to really own what is and what isn't like what I've got and what I don't have, you know, and, and that it just, it's, and it's, it is what it is, you know? And like, I used to think some of these successes that I've worked so hard for, I would, I would just assume they were flukes, you know, or like, it's a fluke that like someone liked that, um, that video or that like, you know, cause I, cause I see all the, I would see all the little imperfections, you know, I'd really get so hard on myself, but now it's like, it's not a fluke. Like I I'm doing everything with purpose and I have to own how the outcome is, whether it's a success or not. And so, um, that, that I kind of really just took a tangent from you being so sweet about those videos, but it's like, I'm just, um, I'm just now kind of believing, believing in myself, like, and what I'm putting out there, um, into the world. That's a very common thing. There's that whole, like, what is it? How do they frame it? Like you're, you're a fraud, you know, a lot of totally, yeah, that is something that a lot of people. And I I think a lot of people who start, who generate success, wins or competitors, um, entrepreneurs, like anybody who's really like coming out in some successful ways, can be known to experience in their life or, or feel it at some point. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes my idea of where that can come from is in the example of you, mm-hmm. um, 
yes, maybe like you said, you, you're not that dancer who had that, who has that kind of natural acrobatic, but yeah. you do have an innate skill set, right? Mm-hmm. In addition to your will and, and your mindset and all that. And so it's almost like maybe in those scenarios, because some of this stuff comes so natural to you that you maybe, and also you always wanting to better yourself yeah, and then focusing on it's so much easier to and i think more common for especially high performers mm-hmm. and type a personalities myself included mm-hmm. you are so much quicker to start looking at the areas like that didn't yeah resonate with you where you could have done better versus paying attention to like how you crushed it you know yeah um, oh yeah a mix of a few things there right but, but it's all that bigger thing about the f- fraud yeah i i feel like yeah i have i have felt like i'm a fraudulent person (laughs) so many times (laughs) like and you know it's funny too as a dancer and then also as a fitness person because we are inspiring people um you know in in our class we're leading a group you know to bettering themselves but you know say you're just not feeling it that day you're not feeling yourself or maybe like i've gone through periods of months where i'm just not right mentally and I, I'm investigating and working to get better but like then you feel like a fraud you know when you're like trying to inspire others and you and you maybe aren't living even what you're saying you know and so um what I've found is like I actually do do better when I'm just more genuine with where I'm at more real with people and even dancing if I'm just like what I go with more from a genuine place rather than like I'm here and I want to get the first place you know which is more of a competition mentality what I used to be in if I come from a genuine place in communication in dance in fitness in 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 life like then I'm a little more at ease with going like, well, that's exactly how I'm feeling. And I can own that now. And then, so that then you aren't fraud. You are, you will never be a fraud if you're coming from a genuine place and it can be a bad, it can be kind of not so pretty place, you know? And that is also, um, growing up in Dallas and growing up in the competition world, we had like big teased hair, lips and lashes for school and for, and for competition, you know? And so it was all about like, everything's fine. I'm, I'm stage, fine stage. on stage, wow. even in life. And yeah. so now it's so cool to like, you know, be so aware now and seeing things for what they really are, the big picture and unwiring things that I don't need. And then being so thankful they did serve me at one point, but yeah. Now it's it's all about genuine it's just, feelings. Yeah, operating from your most authentic self. Yes. And that's how I love that because I mean everyone who listens to this podcast know or just even follows on Instagram or whatever, like everything for me is authenticity. That mm-hmm. is true success in life. Totally. Um it is I think one of the most difficult things to do especially in today's society, it's like there's all these distractions that can make you want to deviate from your truth mm-hmm. to maybe you know, um, gain more, gain things faster, be more liked, like all that shit. But at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, that is so depleting. And there is, there's a fallacy there that just will reveal itself at some point, if not many throughout your life. So it's like, fuck it. Yeah. Like you're saying, you're not feeling it right now. You don't need to pretend that you are. This is why I'm really a fan. We're kind of jumping all over. (laughs) me. This is why I'm really a fan of, um, I, 
embody more, I relate more to this idea of like having an empowered mindset versus mm-hmm. like I'm a positive person. Yeah. And the reason for that is because positivity, in my opinion, is very fleeting because shit's going to happen. You're going to have fucking days. Mm-hmm. You're going to have moments and it's not going to feel so positive, but an empowered mindset says this fucking sucks right now, but I got this. Yeah. And, oh, yes. right. It's like, yeah. Okay beautiful no empowering i it's so funny you you're using words that like are really in my headspace right now we were talking about curiosity and empowerment and these are more genuine words than positivity like yeah it's positivity is such a like generalized like blanket blanket word right and it's like you know and then negativity is also a generalized blanket word and and you know i what i'm learning is yin and yang of life, balance of life, because everything can be, you know, can be equally as good, equally as bad. And that's the beautiful part of life. Like, is that balance rather than like, it needs to all be on the plus it side. It serves a purpose. It does. And the bad times are, you know, like generalized, like bad or negative times, like make you appreciate when things are going really well. And it makes your presence in the in the really good days, like so much more meaningful rather than just like, I'm having a good day. It's like, wow, this feels like in my soul, like a really, really empowering day. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, I think um, it's that contrast brings you more to an awareness mm-hmm. of like, you're having a great day. You fucking know you're having a great day mm-hmm. because you also know when you're not, you know? Oh yeah. And I don't even like to use the term like great day, bad day. I don't even believe in a bad day. Mm -hmm. I believe in like more, or the way that I frame it is more of like, you know, some days just feel very high vibrational, high energy. And then other days you might just wake up and feel lower. And you know, that, that could be a biology thing, especially for women, hormones, all that shit. But yeah, rabbit hole coming on. Um, (laughs) but no, it's true. And it all, I love that you, explore um and this is why to have you on as a guest i just i appreciate so much you make you're so inspiring because the fact that you go there in your mind and you you know you have these words like curiosity and you and and one word that i've already been cap capturing so much from you is like investigate Mm -hmm. you are just constantly investigating yeah and that is how you are going to continuously get better and better so okay yes (laughs) <laughs> Let's go back really quick to Thank to you. to just um I was really impressed when I read that you have a degree in dance and public relations yeah. advertising. That was really interesting to me and I want to go back to that. So childhood, growing up, college, you're competing, stage life. Now you have to pick your degree. You're obviously doing dance. Why did you do the other? Yeah. This this is um my parents are I love I love them so much. They have always believed in me to be able to do so many things, like uh, like to empower me to spread myself uh, over a bunch of different things, or even you know narrowing, but like making that dance wasn't my only thing because dance can be fleeting. Sadly, if uh, like as a performer, depending on how your body reacts to long term physical work like that. Right. So it was always like. Um, they would kind of use it a little bit of like backup plan, like have a backup plan. But for me, um, I appreciated that they, they would encourage me to have a backup plan, but it was more of like, what else do I love? You know, I, I, I like to love, I like to love a lot of things. I, I, 
I'm constantly in need of growth in a bunch of different areas. So this was something that just has been in me. And, um, I, so in school, I was really focused on grades and, and doing well in school, uh, despite having a, a rigorous schedule with dance competition work and things like this. So, you know, when it came time to picking a school, we picked a school in Orange County, Chapman University. Love, love, love that school. Um, and it was close to LA, so close to the industry I wanted to be in. And then they also had a really great, like liberal arts, you, you know, education program with great degree options. And I thought about what would, what could, you know, spark interest in something else, but also might kind of weave in and PR and advertising is something so cool because public relations about is about, you know, carrying yourself, carrying a brand, um, representing them formally and, and communicating about a brand. And, um, so I love, I loved that. And I'm kind of branding myself as a dancer constantly. And same, so that was like an advertising tie-in too, is like, how can you market yourself as a dancer and, you know, and learn about how to market salsa, you know, <laughs> like, so smart, you know, so it was something that was so separate, but, uh, also so intertwined, uh, for me and the PR ad program at Chapman was, was incredible. And it, I was able to make it work with, um, it was a double major, um, I did not sleep much in college, but that's just how I'm wired is to just go full out and do it all. And, um, and then when it's over, go, okay, we did it. <laughs> like it happened. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And so smart and so forward thinking. Let me ask you, and that, you know, obviously it wasn't a breeze. There was a lot of hard work mm -hmm. that went into that. I want to kind of touch on, um, you know, your competitive, life yeah. for a minute because I'm really interested in what failure means to high performers because everybody, you know, views it very yeah. differently and yet there's a common thread, I think in all of us. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, non wins, right? Losing, if that's how we want to yeah. frame it. How did you, what was that like for you? You know, like how did you handle that stuff? And maybe where was, can you capture a progression of where you first were with all of it, you know, with, yeah. and then maybe where you are now with that. That's so, that's such a good question. Cause there's been such an evolution for me. Um, in growing in high school, when I was a competition dancer, it's so clear ranking, you know, first place, second place, third place, um, all these things. And I've always been very aware, like I mentioned before that I'm not like the best, I'm not the best dancer, actually. I'll just call it like what it is. I'm just like really not the best. And well, and being the best implies that there's one. And there are millions of people on this earth. And and so it's a kind of impossible to like really be the best. But I just, I, I knew where I stood. It's like, I've got this and I don't really have this. So um, it wasn't that I was always like the need for first place, but I would love to place like in the top five. I did kind of have that need and I would get a little... Um, hurt or upset, you know, in those kind of teen days when competitions wouldn't go how I thought I would always have like a good grasp on what I thought I could get. And so when I didn't get that, like if I was like, Oh, I think I can get third place in this like situation here. And if I would get like fifth or not place, it would really, it's almost like it was more of like, in my brain, I was fixated on controlling the situation. And when it was an out of control 
response or uh, outcome, I was like, I couldn't wrap my head around it. Um, so releasing control is kind of an umbrella. We can talk about control yeah. forever with me, <laughs> forever. It's, huge. it's a huge thing. It's something that I'm, you know, I struggle with every day to kind of have a good balance with that. But so in teen days, you know, competition, that was kind of what competition meant to me. And then in college, um, there was a little less competition. There was still like, you know, each semester kind of, uh, auditioning for certain pieces, uh, to be a part of. And so there was a little bit of a ranking system there a little, but a little more fluid. And, um, again, always, I always had a good awareness of like where I stood and, and what pieces would make sense for me to be casted in or not. And if, and then there was always a disappointment if I wasn't, or, you know, kind of like a validation if I was. Um, and I always just tried to stay in my lane and go like, okay, well, I'm not a ballerina, like my body type and my flexibility would not put me in that, um, spot. So it was like, I'm not going to be like devastated if I don't get the ballet piece because I have a grasp on reality. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And so, but I, okay. So where things would go awry in competition would be when I graduated from college and was in LA for a year, um, auditioning for, real life jobs, tangible work to be paid to do what I love. I was in LA for a year before I got uh, the Cirque du Soleil job, thankfully. Um, but that year I kind of lost myself really because I wasn't in my bubble anymore by bubbles of life that I'd been in my, you know, family life, uh, competition days, you know, um, before, uh, pre-college. And then in college, you're in a bubble, you're safe. Uh, you're taken care of, you can make mistakes or you can have, you can, you're in learning mode. Right. But when you're out of that and you're just having to present your, your package, your, your being in front of people, uh, you know, 300 other dancers next to you, um, vying for the same job. It's, and then to get told no so many times and to have, you know, put so much thought and effort and prep work to look, you know, your best and present your best. I let it, I absorbed all the no's mm. and I couldn't see any of the good for like a year. Uh, any of those, even the small yeses, you know, um, getting pulled out in a class that I was taking to network, you know, and getting pulled out in a group. I like, I, if I got pulled out, I would get like, oh, well, did I even do a good job, you know, to perform that combination at the end versus like, that's awesome that I got pulled out. Like it was always a no or a criticism of a yes. So wait, just to be clear. So when you get pulled out, that means you're accepted. Like, like there's like maybe 40 people in a class and then at the end of class, uh, teachers will pull out like a, a select it, group yeah. that they like, they'll be like you, 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 and then they'll bring out and then you perform that combination. Like, so it. that, so it's like even within a class learning mode scenario, there's competition there. Wow. And, um, and I had I had a really good, like healthy sense of competition up until this point, but I got, I was so devastated in LA and, um, I, that's when I kind of got really weird about eating and body. Like I let all of that really lead because you're, you're like, well, maybe if I'm skinnier or maybe if my, sh the shape of my body is different, uh, that I will be accepted and, and get a yes at an audition. Um, that's huge. And I wanted to talk about body, especially for dance. I can't insane. Yeah. Oh my but gosh. Sorry, we yes. That, but we totally should, because it's been a topic of a point of contention in my life for sure. Yeah. And finally I'm in a peaceful point so I could round it out nicely when we do talk about it. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it's not a sob 
story anymore. But um, yeah, it was just so so much self-criticism and I absorbed all the no's and I wasn't investigating. Like we talked about like investigating and who I was. That voice that I, I don't even know who that girl was kind of sadly because I was so down on myself and down on the industry and the hustle. It wasn't fun. I was just like, couldn't catch up with myself. So I lost that investigating nature about myself. What was your support system like in that? I had a, well, I had a boyfriend, um, and he was also a dancer. Okay. And for me, I realized that that doesn't work for me. I need someone who maybe is adjacent to the industry, like maybe in it, but not right in it, like in the audition with me because he was wildly successful. And, <laughs> no. and then, so when we're talking about competition, like it's not like me to be competitive with my significant other, but it was almost like kind of, uh, like you couldn't help but compare yourself to your significant other. And he was like gorgeous, so talented, ripped body. And, uh, and I was like, dang it, I gotta be even more on my A game. And I wasn't even proud of myself for, for the body and the body of work I was presenting. It was like, I can always be better. Cause like, look at my boyfriend. He's like yeah. booking all the stuff, yeah. all the things. Um, so that was, yeah, I had a, I had a wild year of, I don't really even remember it because I wasn't present. So did you, um, so how did you pivot from that then? Yeah. So, um, thankfully good, good was still coming into my life. The universe was still loving me, even though I was not loving it. Um, and, (laughs) and so, um, I did audition for Cirque halfway through that year. Um, and which was in Utah and they do kind of like a three day intensified audition. And I really put my best foot forward and yeah. Yeah. Because what I just for like almost like cinematic um, (laughs) purposes, I would like to know when you discovered that there were auditions for Cirque, like how did you discover that? How did you feel in that moment? What was your mindset? Like, especially after what you just said that you've been in this, you know, non-empowered mindset, not feeling like shit's working out for you. So then you see that I want to go deep into that moment there because I think that's really important. So I actually had the privilege of kind of workshopping with Cirque du Soleil when in in college. So they came and they did, they call it a, a symposium where they put on kind of like a weekend event where they bring uh, technicians, choreographers, teachers, coaches from Cirque to Chapman and to give kind of seminars and classes. And we did mock auditions as dancers, which was invaluable in information. So when I was in that learning mode, I absorbed all of that, um, in college. And I was able to see that Cirque is a company that I would strive to be in. But knowing me, I was like, it will probably never happen, but I'm so thankful that I've even had this time with them in college. Um, so, but it was like, my eyes were set on it. I was like, you know what? It probably won't happen, but like, I want to like push for it anyway. You know, let's like, let's go. So I still had that, like in my back file of my brain, that, that feeling about Cirque and that awareness of it. Um, and the, and that they hold auditions every year. So, um, I made the point to fly out to Utah from LA in the midst of my really kind of darkness. Uh, I saw a light kind of an opportunity there. And I felt like, I think, I think this, this might be the moment that I can, 
you know, really go for it, push past this LA BS and, and go be real because that's the thing. LA is a little superficial. I mean, it's a lot superficial and it's some work to dance work that wasn't like what fed my soul and Cirque, um, I had auditioned for them once before, right after college, like right, right after. Um, and I made it to the very end, but got cut right before the final group that they keep to keep in a database of potential casting. So, but I was like, I'm going to go again and I need, I need some soul, you know, awakening. And I know I will get that from this audition. And I think I want to make it to the end this time. Like I want to make it. So I went and, and you know, the universe would have it thankfully that it listened to my need and my, uh, my wants and goals. And I, I, I made it to the end to the database. So the database basically is a holding tank of really, you know, talented people, but it's all about then openings coming up in the shows. And then do you fit that profile, like with your look and your height and your body type and a skill set and then you know are you able to take the job i mean there's so many factors to even get to the show itself right. so the database is just like another like kind of okay well i you know i'm hoping for the best too because right. then you have to audition after being in the database for the potential work when something comes up like a wow. small call so that was that was a lot but yeah the the process to get into cirque was um you know many steps steps to the journey. Um, that had to have just to, to highlight that for a second after having such a hard year mm -hmm. in LA and feeling the way that you did that win mm -hmm. had to have impacted you in some, you know, great way where you're like, all right, I can, yeah. feel, you know, you felt a little better. I imagine it's a question. Totally. Um, you know, yeah. Cause that, that audition was halfway through that year. And then I got a call to be, um, kind of presented for a position opening up at love six months later. So that would cap my year. So I went to Vegas. I drove to Vegas like overnight and auditioned the next day, like a small call for this. It was like four girls, uh, for this on-call position opening at love. So, and, and, you know, like it was things, pieces were starting to come together and I, I was really pleased with how I presented myself in the audition and was kind of like, whatever happens, happens, but it, it happened. And so I moved to Vegas like within a week and started, started rehearsals and, and, you know, I still had that LA buzz though, this like approached everything. Like I need to be perfect. Like in this integration into Cirque, I need to be perfect. Like I was like, I was never exhaling. Like I was only taking like short sips of breath, like figuratively and literally. It's like, I never was like just breathing, like exhale and inhale. And, um, I just was nerve nerved up all the time, still kind of wound up this LA hustle. Like, what does everyone think about me? Like, are they pleased with the, like, will I get fired if I like say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing in rehearsal? I'm telling you the first year at Cirque, I was like constantly, I almost like shaking all the time, like a little, just wow. like a shaking person. Um, it's cause I just, you know, I needed to go through this in my life to really appreciate how now I feel so grounded, so thankful for everything that's in my life and the progression within the, within my journey with Cirque that's happened and trusting the process. And so I'm not even like mad at myself for being that way. It's like, I had to learn like that, that was, that was that edge of the spectrum that I don't, I don't need to go back to, but I, but I knew I need, it's almost like I needed to push all the way to the edge and go like, wow, I am not even happy 
or present because I'm just nervous about being perfect all the time. Um, needed to go all the way to that edge to go, okay, what's true here? What's the truth? The truth is you will never be perfect. The truth is you're doing your best. The truth is you've earned to be here. You've earned, you know, the right and the earned the success to be where you are right now. So just like trust yourself, like girl, breathe. God. Oh my, who is this lady we're talking about? She's crazy. Oh my God. I love every word. It makes me so emotionally moved because it just, it really is so synonymous with so much of what I, you know, it's not about teaching or preaching for me. It's always just sharing and I'm sharing from my truth and what I've learned as well. And and in and it's it, there's such an alignment and it's beautiful because I just hear a woman who is just in this constant state of awareness mm. and a, a constant state of of growth and then appreciation for growth. I love that you don't look back and you know beat yourself up over it and you find value in it and that is a winner's mindset. Mm-hmm. You know and 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 the interesting part about that is it might not feel like you're winning the whole time, especially like that whole year you might look back and go I wasn't winning and yet what you just expressed is like that ends up being a powerful tool yes to you yeah. in this constant state of growing which is in my opinion if we are not growing we are dying slowly uh-huh. and when we are constantly growing i feel like we are always winning yeah you know oh yeah exactly and it comes from the empowering mindset of of using it as a tool versus like going like I'm suppressing that. Right. Like I can't even like think about that. It's like, no, no, you should process it and you should go through the emotions of thinking about the depth of darkness you felt and darkness about how I treated my body, like and my let's I was yeah, let's we should yeah, totally go please. there. Um, you know, as someone who has like just innately has had a need for control, like it became kind of out of whack when it was like, I was having to present my body in front of a bunch of other bodies that looked amazing, like in LA. And, and I had had kind of like funny eating problems, you know, counting calories a little too much, like too closely fixating on numbers and things like this. And it would, it would drive me a little nuts. Like I, I would just get so fixated on counting calories. And it was almost like I would, I learned this number 1200 too early in my life, you know, where it was like 1200 calories is what you should eat to lose weight and maintain then, then that weight. And so it was almost like then, then it became my day was 1200 and it, with each calorie I ate, it was like filling this like jar. And then once the jar was full, it was like, now my day is done. Which side note is so gnarly considering your physical output gnarly so you're wrecking your metabolism wrecking I imagine yeah, yeah. because you can't you need more you need more and then that would lead to then like binge eating too because when you're restricting so much like I would like be so fixated on food then like what I can't have and like when I was done done with my day of 1200 calories and at nighttime I would just like eat so much and so then my weight would fluctuate like crazy this this kind of actually started when I was um, in my high school years. Cause I had a mentor when I was like 13, tell me this 1200 number, like my dance teacher. Um, and then, and then that's like really the first, like when the light snapped on about all of this counting bullshit and, um, and you think that you know what you're doing. Like you think if you're controlling numbers and what you put in your body in this way, that you've got a handle on things. So I just like misunderstood 
at every turn how to how to nourish myself uh, by what I was learning from my environment. And um, my, you know, my parents have always been kind of like diet conscious, mm-hmm. conscious, and I absorbed that too. And, uh, you know, social media, like all these things that like built up. So then I became like, as like then in my early twenties, like almost point of no return. Like I couldn't even think about a day where I wouldn't count calories or yeah. And then, and I would um, work out excessively to even just like, like, burn more than I was eating all of this. Like I was just shape shifting in my mind constantly about, about food and control and what my body looked like. So my value became what I saw in the mirror. But even that, what I saw in the mirror wasn't reality because then I was like developing, you know, dysmorphia totally because it was like, I was, even though I was like at the lowest body fat in LA that I had ever been, at, I was like probably like 11% body fat. I still period? saw fat. I I was on birth control, so I don't okay, like period. Well, I, I usually like where I know. know. That, yeah. Wow. And so it's almost like I looked in the mirror and I still saw imperfections when I was probably at the at like, quote unquote, the best I could ever look in sure. terms of like, you know, an a- athletic body. Mm-hmm. I I still saw I hated it. I hated my body. And um it was, yeah, really sad. So I'd say that really did carry me into my life at Cirque because uh, I started out on call and all I wanted is to, was to be full-time. Right. So what I would do is I would go like, basically I misunderstood in my brain that like, okay, well, when there's a contract, a full-time contract open, then, you know, maybe you would be considered for that. I would actually go like, no, I'm on call and I'm not full-time because I'm fat. Wow. Or because I'm not a good enough dancer yeah. or because I can't, you know, I'm not like a good enough, um, I don't network or communicate as well as I should Basically, with people. Not I'm not enough. Oh my God. Not enough. Wow. So, so then like, that's why I was just always nervous about every little thing or interaction with, in my start with Cirque. So I couldn't even enjoy that. I had earned this thing that people, I mean, would kill for it. opportunity. Yeah. I yeah. couldn't even see that it was a big deal because I was so down on myself and thinking like, well, this is a fluke. So I can't, I have to be perfect to like prove that I deserve this wow. crazy. And so I'd say about like in this last year, I see things for how they really are like the bigger picture here. And I want to like end on a better note because you know, this, this happens with with dancers and people who need for con- have a need for control. And then if you got both, then like, oh, game over, you know, right. when it comes to like um, disconnection with your body and nourishing and taking taking deep breaths in life. Um, so I would say that through my I always knew something was just off. I was investigating as I always was like throughout my life. But then I was like, there's there's got to be more to life than just counting macros and calories and feeling like I need to control food and my body. Um, so I've just been, I've been reading so much about the brain and about the body and connection and trusting myself and trusting in nature and the transformation that's happened for me. Like I could get so emotional. Like I just like, I know what like living is now because it's so much more than, than what you look like. And, you know, and like, 
I had cut my head off from my body really. And now I feel like the, the, the universe has glued it back together and I feel so whole again. It's like, I mean, I love my body. I'm like, I, you know, do Wait, like, I rub oil on. on it at night, you, you know, fucking sickest body. Oh, ever. thank you. You're so sweet. Well, I don't know. I mean, I know everybody <laughs> has their opinion, but as someone yeah. who actually pays attention to body composition, yeah, right. who, um, you know, as an artist, you know, I appreciate like even women's body in particular. Like I, I love the form of a woman's body. Like, and for me, I just, I always think that uh, a body that is, you know, looks capable, has like a sensuality to it, but there's just a strength in it that says, mm. I can fucking do this shit. And to me, like your body has all of that. So well, I'm just thank saying, you. um, yeah. And it's, uh, what a beautiful experience to be able to come into the fullness of who you are. Yeah. 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 That's, wow. that, that's really it. Yeah. Thank you for bearing with the long winded nature no, of that's me. It's all about, <laughs> no, this is important. Because yeah. You got to think like, how many people go through and listen, I feel like as a general, I can't speak for everyone. I at 40, I went through my own body shit. You know, we were, mm -hmm. we both, we briefly talked about some injuries that yeah. we, you just come off a big hip surgery mm -hmm. injury. And I've had my three knees surgeries in high school. I had fucking barely any body fat. I was a competitive mm -hmm. runner. A lot of people don't know this full story, which yeah, is yeah. unfold more, right? but I don't want to focus on myself so much right now, but just to say that like I had to, in that process of back to back surgeries, getting mobility back in my knee. Um, and I was on the American diet and I knew nothing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Not, I was right. this biology geek now. And so I went from like, I don't know. I just jumped up like fucking nine sizes, which on my body was like, what the fuck is, I never yeah. had an eight pack. Like mm -hmm. what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. It's already hard being a teenage girl in this society of what beautiful is and I, social media wasn't a thing at that time for me thank god yeah yeah <laughs> but i had but it doesn't mean that it wasn't relevant you know yeah. like, i wasn't still experiencing things like that so the silver lining ends up being that you know that would put me on this journey that you know for two decades which leads me to be you know the woman that i am now with all this knowledge and this you know passion of of, of real health and yeah. wellness and you know, so, um, I, I value your story because I think that in general, as a young growing girl into woman, it's already hard on all of us, right? This so idea hard. of being perfect and body issues and all that. And then when you add this other element, you know, like in your case, what you just shared, yeah. it just amplifies that shit. Mm -hmm. But the beauty is that, and I really want to, you know, highlight this is that you were constantly in a state of inquiring with self mm -hmm. and as hard as you were on yourself in the process, there was always something inside that would eventually get you when you got to this kind of breaking point where you're like, yeah. I know that this is fucking something's off here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, and, and that's a very known thing that people often have to get to this kind of breaking point because then there's this release of um resistance where it's like fuck yeah you know i kind of surrender and i'm gonna open myself up to discovery right now yeah and then that's where like you know yeah start to get some right it gets like abundant versus restrictive yes. and um and not abundant in a way of like 
binging on like things in life. You know, I was restricting and binging not only with food, but like with life, it was all or nothing. It was this very, you know, full out or like sleeping like two speeds, you know? And, uh, and, um, and so it was, it's been this like curiosity that I've found with going like, what if I try today to like, you know, try to nourish my body with like what I like intuitively and, and, and trying, trying this, I'm getting a little more like trial and error and like over time, it's not like today, like we'll see how it goes. And then like, if it didn't work, we'll go back to like that. It's like, okay, how over a process of few weeks of being intuitive with nourishing my body, resting enough, training in a different way, like, let's see, then we can take a bigger picture because it's crazy. I like was getting into this, like diet starts tomorrow, every, you know, like mentality always, or like tomorrow I'm going to be good. Like, and then fuck it for the rest of this day. Excuse my French, but it's like, you know, life doesn't work like that. Like we're here for a long time and like, you know, not every day is like a report card of like, well, how did you do today? You know, like, like who, who is, who is writing this report card? No one. So it's like, be present, be like intuitive with what you need is what I'm learning for, for me. Um, and, and like, and food was the first way to start for this for me because I was at war with food, a war with my body, but really more with food. Um, I didn't understand what I needed. And now like I have like four meals a day and each one is a whole meal, like carbs, fats, everything, protein, like we're doing it. And I'm not counting any calories. I'm just going like, you know, I'm eating enough at each meal so that I don't have to think about food until the next time until, yeah. and, and you know what? My first meal happens at 5am because my body tells me that it wants it. And instead of being at war with myself, why do you wake up in the middle of night and eat? What's going on here? I'm going, no, you know what? I I'm loving that. Like I know how to help myself and I sleep so much better. You know, I sleep for like six hours until then. And then I eat something and I sleep for another three and they're the, it's the best sleep for that last little edge. And then I wake up and I don't, I don't need to, I just have coffee and then lunch is later. And it's just a different mentality. It's, it's more like loving. I love it. It's beautiful because it's, you know, there's all this information out there. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I, feel like I see so much is people tuning outward more than inward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You wake up at 5 a.m. Cause guess what? Your fucking physical output, not is, to mention your mental right, output. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Day yeah. Is gnarly. You finish the show. What, what do you get out of there? Like before midnight? Like, yeah. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Two shows. Kind of just broad strokes. Or yeah. That, you know? <laughs> but like, we're talking Cirque du Soleil, girl. Like, this shit is, like, I don't know, for you. Yeah. You know, with Luca, it's kind of a, a similar thing. But it's like, you guys, anybody <laughs> who has seen a Cirque show knows right now. Like, this is not just, it's fucking hardcore. Yeah, And it it's is. live. There is no room for error. Right. I mean, and it's, there, you guys are doing extra, just really difficult shit. So, so demanding of the body. So, yeah, yeah you wake up. And your body's like, feed me. I need it. And I love that you listen. Mm -hmm. That's so huge. I used to be so mad at myself because I would be like, that's weird that I'm doing that. I would just be like so judgmental. Well, now I'm like, I'm owning it. Like, I, and you know what? There may be a time like, like 30 years down the line where like I can sleep for 11 hours and not even need to wake up and do that because I'm not doing the physical work that I'm doing and piling my schedule the way that I am. But it's that 
that piece, like that's like kind of like a small like microcosm of a bigger piece that I've found with with listening, being more in tune inward, like you said, inward versus outward. Because outward would tell you that's weird that you like have to wake up in the middle of the night and eat, or you shouldn't do this. But you know, the brain is so crazy because it doesn't it doesn't understand the negatives. So like for so long, I was like, I can't do this. I, I can't eat pizza. All I would think about was pizza because the brain hears pizza. Don't this, things about this, you know, it's like the, it's, it goes back to like kids being left alone with a cake in a room, you know, like those studies yeah. and the mom's like, don't eat the cake. And they yeah. shut the door and the kid always eats the cake it's or true. at least is like, thinking about the cake, like fixated. Science has proven this. There's research that backs this up. And I love that you went there. Yeah. Because I think that why that I I, I feel like that's so powerful is it allows you to truly learn Mm -hmm. where you're not like, this is all in my head. You're like, I need to understand where this actually comes from. Yeah. It would have been helpful. It's so helpful. And it makes me feel not alone in like, because I thought for so long, I must be the only person going through this like and I felt so ashamed by that so much shame shame is such another like thing right shame and control these things but it was like I was so ashamed that I just couldn't like get a handle on on health like true genuine care and health for myself and body like so I just I thought I knew what that meant um but like but more into the brain it goes like I now am not mad at myself for being so out of touch is because like I was my, I was doing the best I could. Like that's all I, I knew. And I was taking all these um, external sources and like research. And then that was the output that my brain, it made sense for the time. And, and, you know, regardless of how emotionally taxing and tough it was at times, I'm here today uh, because of all of that. And I can be thankful that my brain, like, and my body had my back during all of that. Like, so it's like a more about like, you know, science and, and, uh, cells and biology, all these things. Like we are, we are the most like, you know, complex scientific beings, you know, all these, all these, you know, connections that our brain makes, like we, we attach meaning to everything. We are meaning makers. And so, you know, in different stages of our life, we're just doing the best that we can. Our brain is doing, it's, it's making meaning uh, of what we experience and see. And then there's going to be a time where you say, I've had enough white flag, you know, waved. And, and I reached that breaking point when I wasn't able to enjoy time with family or friends because I was fixated on body and food and, and, and these things. And so what did you do to help you pivot from that point? Like, how did you, I, uh, I actually online um, found this kind of support group about body and food and it's kind of a journaling and meditative um, stance. So it's kind of about like, you know, kind of starting from the beginning and talking about how the brain works and, and why that it's okay that you're here and it's okay that you've like found this place of like, um, being out of control from so much control. And then, and then there were just kind of like, it was just over the course of time, like introduction to journaling and, and loving yourself and being more like in the moment and in tune with nature and, and what you need. And so I meditate, uh, I have do guided meditations. Um, I'd say every other morning it's, I, cause I'm also not hard on myself when I don't want to do it. 
I when it, before it would be like, if I don't meditate, like I'm bad. Like I should be ashamed. It's like, no, you know what? Like there's some mornings where I got to get up and get going and maybe not listening to music in the car and just driving. It, I can kind of use that as like a time to just be silent and be with my thoughts. But some mornings I've got that time and then I use it. So I try to like That's every other. And, and, and I was going to ask you that. Do yeah. You, do you have um, like a morning ritual journaling meditation? So I love that. Yeah. Imagine that you did. Yeah. So yeah, I, um, at night I write in my journal, like five good things, five good things that happened in the day. And they could be super small. They could be like, I didn't, I didn't lose my cool when this thing happened. And I just went through the emotions and then, you know, we kept it moving. Like that to me is a good thing right now is being able to be rolling with the punches versus everything needs to be perfect. So five good things. And then one thing that I learned, like, uh, that I learned not necessarily like room for improvement, but it's like one lesson or one thing that I learned. So interesting. It could be really big or so, or so small. Um, and then, yeah, that's, that's what I write at night. And then in the morning I do this thing where I look in the mirror and I, st I'm naked <laughs> and I like look into my own eyes and I just kind of, I say really loving things to myself, just you like say it, say it out loud. Yeah. 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 I talk about this all the time on the podcast. It's different. And I really should research the science behind it because I know that there's science behind this yeah. psychology. Oh, yeah. I have a relationship with myself. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows that. Mm -hmm. um, but there's something unique. I don't just say things in my head. That for sure yeah. obviously is happening. But I literally speak out loud to myself mm -hmm. all the fucking time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, come on, Roxy, you got this in training or... I love you. You're good. Yes. Or, you know, so I love that you do that. Yeah. Sorry, continue. It's, I got all excited. No, no, no. I, I, it's powerful. You're right. Because it's like you're speaking it out into the world, but like you are directly speaking to yourself. And there's something that happens when you're looking at yourself in your own eyes, like in the mirror for like, because at first I would like kind of dart my eyes away, like almost like, like, like uh, nervous about this person that was standing in front of me. It's me. <laughs> like the common people like, have a hard time looking at themselves in the mirror. Yeah. Like my brother, who's a strength and conditioning coach, he says it all the time, like in training in a class that he does, he's like, I want you to look in the mirror. And mm -hmm. that's hard sometimes. It's hard for people to face themselves. Well, and what's so interesting, you know what's funny is I've been looking in the mirror all damn life. Of, <laughs> like, okay, so the problem is as a dancer, it's like, it's almost like as a baby, I was just like held and then like put in front of a mirror and like I've never looked back. Like, which is has been a point of like, it's good because mirrors and dance are, you can be used for like, um, correction. Like you can like see a line and go, okay, I need to move it up here. But what happens is that you actually, uh, it becomes uh, your own enemy. Like, uh, because then you see imperfections sure. uh, outside of just using it to better your dancing or your, you know, uh, a technique it's like then that's where it all started for me the spiraling about body dysmorphia and things yeah. like so so I think that's actually the angle that I come from it was hard for me to look in into my own eyes and see my body in front of me and like not just start going like there that there's that thing there your thighs again there's your thing right. you know like and it's and it, it like over time it's become easier because it's like I don't have any other body to live in. This is the one that I've got. And, and how beautiful, right? To be like, we are on this journey with our own unique 
selves, you know, and, and your body is just one part of you. You know, you've, you've got so much else to bring to the table, but the body is your vessel to, to bring all that, to put that all on the table, um, in life. So it's like, this is the vessel. This is, this is my shell that I, I will be stuck with. And so instead of being like, ah, dang it, I'm stuck with this. It's like, cool. Thank you universe. Thank you, God, for, you know, whoever, whatever people believe in, thank you for this unique, you know, vessel. And, and I'm going to start taking care of it because, you know, all this crash and burn stuff was just not working anymore for me. No. And I think it's so important to, to really come to terms with your relationship with yourself and your body. And like, you think about, you know, I meditate every morning as well. And, and one way that really lends like allows me to get deep inside myself is I literally think about everything that is functioning in my body for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, after a hard workout too, I'll literally think I'm like, Oh my gosh, every cell, my mitochondria, this is so, it sounds so I'm totally mitochondria. My mitochondria, like my heart, they're so happy right now. Like I just fed them such amazing thing and they're just going to take care of me. And so it's like, it's, and again, like I'm with you. I went through my own fucking war forever mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. a long time, you know, strong girls. Yeah. Muscle. Yeah. That was a fucking trip for me. It is a trip. Up. It's now it's on a whole different, now it's more accepted. Strong is beautiful. Totally. Shit. Yeah. Like but Rocky was called Rocky too. And that's mm. my life hero. I'm like, call me Rocky all day long. I yeah. But like. I'm also very feminine and I'm a woman. So that was, oh, was so hard. I love you so much. We are so, <laughs> we are like, we're like sisters. Truly, yeah. Right. Yeah. I know. Cause you have beautiful lean muscle mass. And that was, I imagine it was hard growing up. Yeah. Right? You get not, in denial not- of your strength. It's almost like you like want to cover it up because it's not understood as feminine when like I am so sensitive and like such a lover of a person and, and people um, could sometimes like take my muscular nature for maybe being like not able to be sensual or loving or soft <laughs> Oh my God. Exactly. And, um, yeah. And so I was at war with being so muscular, uh, really too. So it was like, not only like, did I want to be skinnier, but I like wanted to not have any muscle, which like is crazy. And I went through that in my arms. Like when guys were like, Oh, you're look at you. You're so buff. I'm like buff. And I'd get my brothers laugh at me. I've got three really strong, like, you know, two are bodybuilder professional competitors. Yeah. And yeah, they would be like, own your shit basically. Yeah. You know? And I was like, but I just don't like the way the language was, you know? Yeah. And now, you know, and this has been the case now for some time, but like, are you kidding? I fucking, I, and by the way, I don't know about you, but growing up, the, the, those that I looked up to, I wasn't this, um, I wasn't looking up to like the little mermaid. I was like, I want to be like Laura Croft. Mm-hmm. I want, I'm like interested in Rocky. I'm, yeah. And so I've always <laughs> looked at like, the capable ones, yeah. you know, and I found that to be sexy. So it's really interesting that although, you know, as a child, like what I was drawn to, what I thought was beautiful, what I thought was badass, um, was something that I kind of naturally owned in myself. Yeah, like, yeah. I was denying it 
because of the world right around you you're not rooted yet you don't fucking yeah yeah you don't own your shit yet own your shit yet yeah like real that's it's that that was such a the part of being the piece of being at war with my body i'm so glad you brought that up was the was the strength that i um innately innately had yeah yeah owned and it it is such a gift and now i'm like so thankful for my like huge no i'm not no not huge my capable like quads to like allow me to 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 dance i used to be like they're so big and they're so not feminine but like they give me power yeah and they've healed a a hip injury that i like my legs right yeah like it was um too Two and a half years ago, I had um, a labral tear in my hip, and I wasn't I was barely able to walk or like get in my car or anything. And that was wow. from overuse and at the show. And thankfully, Cirque du Soleil is is so incredible. And it happened at work, so it was you know I was taken care of by them and then rehabbed. Um, and you know that was maybe my first glimpse of because I was still in this mind space of body weirdness, you yeah. know. Um, but that was my first glimpse of seeing the beauty of what the body can do when you allow it to do what it can, yeah, <laughs> rather than force. Let go. Yeah, yeah. And we were, you know, oh my gosh. Speaking of force, I do want to talk about what we were chatting about Our over coffee podcast. Yes. Right. It's always I. That's. <laughs> I love it. I I said like it's always this way, but this is my first podcast. I, I'm what am I saying? Crushing it. Always. Um, so it's like the f- I'm such a forcer by nature, um, or I was such a forcer, like, and that's what I learned to like help me like push push into success throughout my whole life, and um, and maybe it's like I misunderstood my strength for force, you know, um, my that innate strength, but. Um, ra- like right now I'm just like focused on like, um, relating to how nature works and how like the flow of a river, it, it can be so powerful, but it's not like banging and forceful. It's like there's, it's still in flow. And so you can move quickly and slowly in flow. Um, you know, there's, there's, ga- there's different speeds to that, but you can still be in flow with, in tune with nature and, you can you know. be powerful without force. Yeah, totally. Because yeah. forcing anything, especially when you involve other humans in your life. Oh, forget about like it. Like friends and, and, and God forbid, like, you know, relationships. Like when you are like a control freak and trying to force everything, like, yikes, good luck. Because I've seen that that does not work. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, it's like you push against something, there's resistance. Mm-hmm. That's, but when you, you disarm that resistance when you you know, get in resonance when you get in harmony, when you Mm -hmm. flow and it's, it sounds so poetic and easy. And it is, I think one of the most difficult things for all of us humans to do, you know, you might be able to do it easily in some areas of your life and yet not so easy in other areas. And I think that when there's a conscious awareness of where am I holding resistance? Yeah. in your every fucking single day, mm-hmm. that inquisitive mind that you have, you know, and it's, it's sometimes I think that it might be hard to discover. And oftentimes I think that it's not because you feel resistance. You're like, yes. Yeah. Yep. But when you feel release, when you feel like you're in harmony, when you feel, you know, you're like, fuck, okay. I'm, this is, this is where it's at. So yeah. I love that you're there. I'm in, like t- in, in tune. Space. Yeah. Yes. Being in tune. I feel like when people say that before, I'd be like, oh, shut up. But like now I'm like, (laughs) I get (laughs) it. I am. I love being in tune. And like, you know, sometimes I'm 
emotional and and like I'm just owning that like it like I I am who I am and I can always I can always be better you know um but instead of better it's more just like a heightened version of me my highest self versus like I can be better because that implies you could be different but I don't want to be different I just want to be the elevated me that's yeah. black belt beauty means mm-hmm. It's a black belt, high mm-hmm. standard. Yeah. Um. So my mind, this is where the name came from, is just that to be living from the highest expression of self mm-hmm. is to be living a beautiful life. And that is the connection to black belt beauty. Yes. Yes. We're connected. Just, it, and it is an, a constant unfolding process and journey. And do we really ever want to be fucking there, wherever there is? Probably not mm-hmm. to growth mindset individuals, like everybody who listens to this podcast yourself, because then where do we go? right then there's pressure to like yeah well you're dead yeah. like you're where mm-hmm. what do you oh i got it all i'm there okay yeah so then how do you keep growing mm-hmm. right yeah i love it so okay yeah. a couple things because it's a work day for you woman <laughs> um because i know you and i can like keep going to we could <laughs> i love it the sun setting we're still fucking yes i love it too i want to but you've, you've already unleashed so much powerful inspiring mindset gems mm. is what i call it um a couple of things i want to just rapidly throw at you um if you have three intangibles that you feel really carry you to be living from this highest expression yeah. of yourself in life um what would they be um like three like words or like, or like what yeah, helps like me to character words, like, you know, perseverance, uh, yeah. relentlessness, you know, yeah. Drive. I would say, um, love. Yeah. Anything? I would say, uh, truth for me right now is, is, is really what's driving me. Um, because I have to, I have to look at my life and, and my surroundings and, and ask, you know, what is true? Because my brain will keep going. Sometimes make stories, and I have to go. Okay, what is, what do you know to be true, Allison? You know, so truth is a grounding uh, word for me. Um, also, um, we'll say, um, we'll say uh, passion. I mean, that's that can be a cliche, but it's like it's just something that it it, it can be poured into each each thing in my life. Um, and if I come from that place, like always passionate, I don't have to apologize because passion is, is true and genuine. Um, and then I would just say like, I would say, um, I'll say empowerment. Cause we said this word coming from empowerment versus criticism for me has been like a complete shift. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, okay. Any books that have changed your life or really impacted your mindset? So this is one of those things where I get like, I've been so hard on myself about reading because I'm so uh, like, I just can't finish a book. <laughs> so I'm, but now I'm not hard on myself because I'm like, that's just me. And I can't, you know, finish a book. Books are meant to be finished by the way. Yeah. Let's cool. Okay. So great. I run on too much. I'm like, you were great there that I didn't need to, you know, yeah. get that last whatever hour in of yeah no sorry no no I mean I I used to be sorry that I was like such a like terrible reader but you know what I almost got through this book this is really short it's the war of art about resistance that is just great it's a 
app is one of my top five books for sure. It's so good because it's insane because, and it's so good for someone like me who can't read very well, like for long periods of time. I can read, but I can't read for long periods of time. (laughs) Um, and so it's like you, you could literally just like open it up to a random page and each page is about something different, a different resistance point in your life. And you can read it and apply it and then close the book, put it down. And then tomorrow, like open up like literally random, you know, page and then take that and process that, which those little nugget books where you can take a little nugget with you for the rest of the day. Like those are great. Okay, spoiler alert really quick. Mm-hmm. I have a book that, because I've been writing my entire life basically, yes. that is going to be the format of my book. Oh my God. And the reason for that too is because I do that same thing. I have a handful of books that, you know, I'll randomly pick one in particular every single day, actually mm-hmm. two every single day. And then there's a few on rotation where I'll just open up. And I, I want that to be the case that when you, you open up to any page, that paragraph that you're fucking yeah. land on yeah. is something that you carry in your back pocket that fortifies you in that day. I love that. I, and can you, can I be first in yeah, line? Girl. Oh my God. That's Spoiler incredible. Alert, you Spoiler. Um, any other books or that's a great one though. That's, that one I'll just like, I'll confidently say that I, that's the one always on my nightstand. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. So I, want to um just throw a few rapid fire words at you um but let me ask you one question before i do this what does dance mean to you dance is it's it's connection for me so uh it's connection with with energy and the power of communication uh from from one body to another. So I, I feel very privileged to be able to communicate emotion and how I feel, uh, through movement because some people, they communicate with their words, with their actions. You know, there's many different ways to connect with people, but one of mine is, is to move and to express in that way. So it's, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Okay, ready for your wrap? Yes, I'm ready. (laughs) Love. Warm. Success. Achievement. Authenticity. Being real. Challenge. Growth. Fear. Needed. Surrender. freedom. Boom. Yes, we did it. (laughs) Well, I want to talk about the fear really quick. The fear it's needed. We need it. Like we're scared of fear. We so need it. It's, it's such a like, uh, innate response that we've got like fear, fight or flight. And so if we just like read into it as a resistance point versus like being so like scared of it, like it's yeah. Fear is needed. No, I love that you say that because I, uh, whenever I see fearless, I, I don't. Fearless is zero yeah. connection to it, and what I've how I, what I've expressed before in writing, and then even on the podcast is like, no, no, do not fucking discredit me. I'm scared, but guess what? Always I'm still fucking going forward, and that is That's the power. Ru- right? Yes, Roxy <laughs> with the power. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So before I ask you to tell our audience how to keep up with you, yeah. social media, all that, um, is there anything that you want to just put out there that we didn't get to in this episode? Um, you know, I would just say like 
I, I'm just so thankful to kind of have just kind of had this, uh, you know, moment to just share what's on my mind with you in such a beautiful space. And I would just say to anyone listening, you know, like it, be okay with exactly where you are today. And, and you don't need to be constantly like, um, you know, like growing in a way that you're criticizing yourself, but growing is just about like planting little seeds, little seeds, you know, in your life over time to see, to see real change happen. And as long as you are focused on the bigger picture versus, you know, the, the, the confines of one day, I think anyone can really achieve what they, what they want in life. Beautiful. And I so agree. Thank you. I love it. Okay. So where do they find you? I'm on Instagram at Allison, A-L-L-I-S-O-N, two underscores, Burke, B-U-R-K-E. And, um, I have a website, uh, allisonjaneburke.com. It's kind of got more of my content and, uh, the formal stuff, you know, Instagram is a little more of like dance and life and friends and boyfriend and all that stuff. Um, and then, you know, what else? Yeah. You can catch me on stage 10 shows a week. Say, <laughs> hold on for anybody who has not seen love or even if you have, you know, four years ago, yeah. it was revamped. Yes. And it's personally my favorite shirk show. Oh, I mean, I've already you. seen it several. I'm going to see it several more times, mm-hmm. especially, you know, we did a show um, with Luca and um, mm-hmm. I think it's so cool. And I know people who have went and seen love after and there was yeah. even more of a connection. And now I'm Good. so grateful to have you on. And now, you know, people go, even if they've seen love, yeah. you know, they go back and, and know, Oh, there's Allison, you know? Oh. Um, yeah. It's just, if you haven't seen love or if you have, the point is get your ass back there. Watch this incredible woman do her thing. I love oh, you. I am so you. honored to have I you, love you too. as a guest. And oh. thank you. Yeah, thank you, Roxy. Thank you so much. Yay. Yay. All right, you guys, we're peacing out. I got to let this badass get to work. <laughs> Here we go. Bye guys. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning into this episode, you guys. If you loved it, please share it on your social. Throw it up on your Instagram stories and tag me. I'm at Black Belt Beauty. I am also at Roxy Look, R-O-X-Y-L-O-O-K. I love connecting with you guys. This is a conversation that I want to just continue growing with you guys. So if you feel inspired to hit me up, do so in that space. I always enjoy hearing from you. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by rating it and reviewing it via iTunes. It's such supportive help, you guys. It really helps the visibility of this podcast. So I appreciate and thank you in advance for doing that. And last but not least, if you are interested in starting your own podcast, or perhaps you already have one and you need help with you know editing your audio and the production of it, I cannot recommend my producers enough. Resonate Recordings, you guys, they are the bomb. I rely on them. They are an absolute supportive tool to me and my podcast. So check them out and let them know that Black Belt Beauty sent you. And on that note, you guys, I'm signing off with all my love and always looking forward to catching you on the next.